Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hey there, Fangirl Nation. You are listening to Fangirl Sports Network's Get My Job podcast on Believe. I am your host, Tracy Sandler, and I am so excited today to be joined by host Angela Lauren. Angela takes us through her awesome career journey, talks about not keeping blinders on when it comes to opportunities, social media, and so much more. It is a really fun and awesome episode, so let's get to it. Angela, thank you so much for joining me for Get My Job. I've been so excited to talk to you, as we talked about before, excited to like meet each other because we have many a mutual friend, a mutual interest, all the things. So welcome to the show. Yay. Thank you so much for having me. I'm like so excited to chat. I'm so excited to um, let people know how to find my job because as we will find out, it's very layered and... Um, yeah, I'm just so excited to finally meet virtually, audioly. I don't know how we would even say that. <laughs> I like that. I think that works. I think that totally works. <laughs> the last of the major pro sports leagues kick off this week, and Bet Online is your top spot for all your NBA action this season. With MLB postseason, NFL, and college football, and NHL in full swing, Bet Online is your number one source for wagering news, odds, trends, and predictions. Get everything NBA at your fingertips with both desktop and mobile across every sport, anytime. Head to Bet Online today to get in on the action. Don't forget to use promo code BELIEVE, B L E A V, to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet Online, where the game starts. Well, since it's layered and all the things, why don't you jump on in and share with us your entire professional journey? No pressure. Okay. Now let's start. Well, when I was young, uh, but it kind of does start like that early. I was a lucky one to know like exactly what I wanted to do when I was little. Like I knew I wanted to be a morning like newscaster. I wanted to be a reporter. I wanted to ask questions, find out about people at a very young age. Um, so that kind of was a trajectory of like going to college and everything. But I just knew early on that like, I was very nosy. I loved <laughs> Halloween. It was my favorite holiday. Like my parents were like, yeah, of course you like, you get candy. You get to walk around and get candy all night long. And I was like, no, no, no. I get to knock on my neighbor's doors and look inside their home and like figure out how they live, what they do. Like I was just such a nosy kid, um, that to me, that just was a very clear path of wanting to be a reporter and um, pursue that. So I jumped in to broadcast um, a broadcast studio that we had at our high school. I was giving the morning announcements <laughs> to everyone. <laughs> I love it. And, you know, like it was a, a fun way. So I was really lucky that the high school I went to, we actually had the morning announcements as videos. So I, I was really... Um, lucky to be able to already start editing and playing with that and quote unquote anchoring, even though we're just saying like, I don't know, just things are happening during certain like recess times or whatever for high school. Um, and then I went to San Francisco state, um, for my, for like school. And I really valued my time there. A lot of the professors are, were working at, um, K-Ron, CBS, k like, 
everyone was like, they were actually doing the job that I wanted. So it was such a um, invaluable type of learning and just getting a really good look into um, that kind of field. And then I had an amazing, I'm like really giving you all the details. Um, I had an amazing internship with CBS and they really trusted me. It was a sports internship. Mm-hmm. Um, with going to Niner games and going just with a photog and just myself as a intern getting to cover the um, Monday coach um, press conference. And that's awesome. Getting, that's yeah. Cool. So it was really like, I felt like, okay, this is where I need to be. This is what I'm going to do. Um, and then I graduated and the recession hit and <laughs> no one was able to really get the job that they wanted. Um, and at the time, my family lived in LA, moved to LA, went back to serving tables, and I was fresh out of college, feeling pretty defeated. But then I didn't give up, send out my reel. And at that time, and it, we'll get to this too, but like at that time, it was send out your tape, and we're talking like VHS or CD, depending, uh-huh. your quote unquote reel, and then do the market jumps. So market jumps obviously are, you know the smaller towns all the way to like the number one markets, LA, New York. Um, and you kind of make your way up. So I sent my tape out and I was able to get a job in Oregon, um, over at KCBY, also KVAL. Um, that was our sister station. And I was a morning news anchor. I was waking up really early and hating it, (laughs) (laughs) Um, giving you your local news. And then when you are at a small market like that, you do it all. Like you are the producer, you're the editor, you're the the camera person. You, you scroll your own teleprompter, like you were doing everything. So it was a really good boot camp. Mm -hmm. Um, But I was doing news. I wasn't doing sports. And I really quickly realized Absolutely not. (laughs) (laughs) Fair. Totally fair. Right? Like news is people that have done news their whole life where we're talking hard hitting news. I commend them. It is so hard on your soul, the -hmm. things that you have to cover because it's a lot of it is dark and a lot of it is pain. A lot of it is war or whatever it may be. And I, I just, it wasn't for me. And I learned that really early on. And I um, really pushed with the, the team there. I'm like, hey, I love sports. I played sports. Like, send me to KVAL. KVAL was in Eugene um, yeah. when that's where the Ducks are. And I was like, let me cover with the guys there. Let, let me just get my feet wet. And they did. And I loved it. I was like, this is it. This is what I'm supposed <laughs> to do. I can still ask the questions and be nosy. But then... I also can, you know, get that um, sports feel vibe. And Mm -hmm. uh, once I ran that, so at the end of the game, you need to go get sound bites from the players. Once I ran that 50 yard, like sprint to get a player in heels, I was addicted. I was like, this is so much fun. So that to me um, really changed the um, trajectory of where I wanted to go with news. And I went with sports. Um, and I'm like, let me know if you want to, me to stop at any point. But then yeah, I, um, yeah, so then after that, I was um, reached out to by um, MLB. So MLB in 2014, um, okay. well, so I guess it was 2013, but for the 2014 season, they were doing something called the Fan Cave. And if you don't know what the Fan Cave is, it was a um, <laughs> thing that MLB thought up of, of like, let's get, fans that are like super fans of baseball 
keep them in this like building slash room. I we'll remember them this. Yeah, I, we'll- I totally remember this now that you say this. Yeah, so like, because it was like, wait, what are you doing to eight people? But like, we'll, we'll give them like this building, but we'll have they'll have windows so they can kind of see outside, but they don't get to go outside because you watch. Every single baseball game, we're talking 2,432 baseball games. And you're like, how can you do that? A bunch are on at the same time. Well, they gave you like 16 TVs in front of you <laughs> to watch every single game. So we, our local like, thing that we say to each other is from first pitch to last out. Like uh-huh. we saw everything. And they're the year before me, because it was maybe, I think we were the, my year was like the fourth year, but previous years, it was like super fans of their own team and they made videos and people voted them in. And then you... oh, I remember this so well, cause I'm such yeah. a baseball fan. And I remember someone saying you would love this. And like, in theory, I would, right? but in practice, I don't know if I would, but I totally <laughs> remember this. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. That's, in theory, you would love it. It, yes, it was theory. rough. It was so rough. So in previous years, they would kind of, um, I don't know if it was like they voted people off, but they was a winner. Like there was one okay. person that won the fan cave. Um, but my year, the way that they um, tried to position it, MTV got involved. So there was an MTV show with the fan cave that we um, we did once a week. And okay. basically, it was just trying to bring pop culture and baseball together, where pop culture and baseball collide. Like, yeah, that's what we would say. <laughs> and we all kind of had our roles. So I was the um, the TV reporter girl. Um, we had the DJ. We had the podcaster. So we all, and we didn't get voted in. It was very much a casting process, an interview okay. process. So it was a fun like idea. Um, but for us being in there and having to watch all of those baseball games, so we had to find social moments. We had to find tweet about the games and find ways that pop culture does collide with the game itself. And then we shot the show and our co-hosts were, um, Sway and, um, Fat Joe. And like, so we had a really like, cool experience, but it was rough. Like you're inside all day. You need less blue light and you need more like actual vitamin D from outside. Uh, so we did go a little crazy. Um, but yeah, so that was a really fun experience. It really still was the, it wasn't so much my reporter sports person that I really got to do. We had players come in and I was able to interact with them in really fun, like quirky ways. Like we would be playing video games and I would be chatting with them or we would, like do really creative, funny skits. And then that's where we got to know the personalities of the players. So they were onto something there. Um, but I just think personally, MLB wasn't ready during that time. Like it was still, um, Bud Selig as the commissioner. Like, I don't think they were ready for the full turnover of actually pop culture, like just getting away from their old ways. Right. Um, so it was, it was creative, but it lasted just that year. <laughs> and right. then that was like, really went out with a bang. Like the, it was done after my year. So, um, while I was doing that, I was reached out to by a friend and saying like, Hey, would you like to go to the Super Bowl? I'm like, what? of course I'd like to go to the Super Bowl. I'm like, well, it's a live hosting Super Bowl. I was like, Oh yeah, I've gone live hours to a camera. And they're like, no, no, no. Like live in front of an audience, no teleprompter, no, like you were just hosting live, like an MC on stage. I was like, Oh, that's so interesting. Totally. Yes. Let's do it. 
So from there, I really moved into this live hosting arena. Okay. And I hosted my first Super Bowl. And there is nothing that can prepare you for hope being a live host, being an MC. It is so intimidating, but also so rewarding because it's like that instant feedback right in front of you. It's like you have oh, the crowd okay. right in front of you. You're not talking to a camera. Like right, you're literally you're seeing that. the people you want to like get excited, get excited or be engaged. They're, you can see if they're engaged or not. You can see what you're doing if they like it or don't. So um, that was in, very intimidating, but I've been doing that now for the past eight years. Okay. Um, yeah. So that's kind of where then this full journey of like kind of where I'm at now. So long story short, um, now I'm live hosting and that, that world has gone from sports. So I do the Super Bowl every year. I'm going to do it again this year. Oh yeah. Um, I know hopefully my Niners are there. We'll talk about that later. Um, <laughs> well, I'll be there either way. So I'll see you. So that'll be oh, great. Amazing. There you go. We can actually meet in person finally. Um, and then it's, it's not just sports anymore now. So it's that live hosting has opened up a big world of sports to conferences, tech, award shows, um, uh, like online, Amazon sales, a lifestyle. It's opened up a big, um, area that I never thought I would even be in. And to be honest, it is like something I was a little kind of pushing back on when I started to get into it because I'm like, I'm a sports reporter, guys. Like I'm, I'm a journalist. I'm a sports reporter. And I finally have just let that pride, I guess, go and realize it's really awesome where I'm at and the things I'm able to do. And the way I'm like building my craft, it nothing intimidates me camera wise anymore. Like I, I feel like such a better on air personality reporter host because of this live hosting experience. Um, and that's kind of where I'm at right now. We could get into any other things you want to know about that, but that's Angela Lauren's journey. That is, that's a great journey. And, and I'm really glad you went through that because there are a few things that I want to talk about because first of all, let's go to what you've just said, kind of letting go of what you called your pride or whatever it is and being open to this incredible opportunity that's probably opened up so many more incredible mm -hmm. opportunities. And I think mm -hmm. it's really important for women, people in our industry to do that because sometimes we're so tunnel vision and mm -hmm. we can miss out on something amazing. And it sounds like you've carved out this amazing career for yourself by being open to an opportunity in front of you. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. When people ask me like, Hey, what's some, like, what's really great advice you would give to somebody? And like, don't say no, don't keep blinders on. And we hear so many times, like run your own race. Don't like keep blinders on and focus. And like, yes, but that's when you're comparing yourself to others. Like don't compare yourself to others. Keep those blinders off when you're like having opportunities come your way. Like you, I was, I am a reporter. No, 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 no. I like sports. Okay. I'm a sports reporter. Wait, wait, wait. Like if you, if you continue just to like push down one alley, like you're never going to be able to see where other things can lead you. And I had no idea saying yes to live hosting would open up such a massive, um, just different opportunities, different career, different path. And something that's been really rewarding, especially to where, like where I'm in my life now, like I'm able to say yes and no to more things and being able to just, I don't know, explore something I didn't even know was exciting to me. And that's being able to stand in front of a massive crowd of thousands of people and like get that feedback. I'm like, Oh, I get why 
uh, rock stars have like such a, mm-hmm. get such a high because like the feedback is just, it's intoxicating. How did your time as a reporter prepare you for this? <sighs> not so letting not as a reporter, maybe it's a better way to put it. Yeah. Well, not letting that feed, I guess that instant feedback, um, I did not take it personal. So mm-hmm. as a, like, as a reporter, you really let the subject relax to you and make sure that's how you really get what you want. Like out of an interview, right. get to know them, you let them relax and you let them really find their footing with you. So you can dive deeper with them. Okay. And I think for live hosting, it's been like, it's almost a little bit of reverse. Like I'm like, I'm trying to make you feel comfortable with me and me feel comfortable with you. How can I do this? And I just really revert back to like, it's nothing's personal. Like we're all trying to do a job here. And all all I want to do is to make you guys have a great time or I want you to be engaged. And I think it's, it's not to like, is that even really an answer? But like, just not to take things personal and also just to, um, just really connect in a soft way, if that makes any sense. I just mm-hmm. find like when you're interviewing somebody or when you're engaging with somebody, you had to be pretty vulnerable just so everyone can be on the same page so you can then accomplish what you're trying to accomplish. That makes sense. I like that. I like the connecting in a soft way. I really like that because I think that's important. Um, I know in like for what I'm doing on an everyday basis, when you're talking to athletes or coaches or people because we're all just mm-hmm. people mm-hmm. connecting mm-hmm. in a soft way. There is a level, you know, of vulnerability. And I, a lot of like what I do with the players is some, you know, a lot more behind the scenes stuff and mm-hmm. kind of fun things. I did something like most embarrassing song on your playlist. And one of them <laughs> said, well, what's the most embarrassing song on yours? And I was like, oh, they're all embarrassing. I listen to Justin <laughs> and Taylor Swift all day long. And <laughs> I, I mean, not that I think that's embarrassing, but I think to that player and he was like, yeah, that is embarrassing. <laughs> but I was like, oh, but but connecting in that way yeah. where it's like, oh, I'm asking you a question. If you ask me the question, I'm happy to give you an answer. No problem. Yeah, exactly. You're like, we're, we're in this together. Like, just yeah. because I need something out of you professionally right now for camera, like, uh, don't worry. Like, I'm going to ask me too. Like, we are on the same page. Like, yeah, exactly. I think that's where you find the most success is just being vulnerable because you're asking them to be as well. So how are they yeah. going to do it if you're not going to do it? I love that. I, I think that that's, I really like that connecting in a soft way. I'm going to, I'm, I'm writing that down. I'm keeping, I'm keeping that with So okay. over this time and you've, I love that you were at a station and had to do all of the things and you were sending out mm-hmm. tapes, like actual tapes. It's a different thing <laughs> when you were sending out an actual tape as opposed to, you know, emailing a link and it's just a different time. It's not oh, yeah. better than the other. It's just a different time, but your time going like way back to the station in Oregon where you were the producer, the writer, you're doing your teleprompter. How did that help you? Because I imagine it's easier to say yes to opportunities when you literally know how to do all the things you would be saying yes to. Uh, seriously. it's This might sign, sound like I'm throwing some shade. Definitely not. But you can tell when somebody doesn't have that type of background. Like mm-hmm. there is, it's called the uh, boot camp one man band like boot camp for a reason. Like you have to do it all and you can tell when somebody it's not their fault. Like right. lucky you. You didn't have to carry the fifty pound tripod, the fifty pound camera and like learn how to fling it over and just do all the things. Uh, great. Like i I wish I had that, but also this that experience really allowed me to see things differently too. Like when I am because everything obviously we know is very like social media now. At right. the time, thinking about it, like my first station, we weren't allowed truly to post on Twitter or on Instagram. 
it was they like and that's like how people survive now and how new stations like survive now but it it was just so new but now transferring that over to where we are now i feel like i can see a story and like it's just i can see how something is shot how to shoot something correctly or frame it or write a script really fast it's it's still super helpful and it's just made me feel especially like if i'm doing something in front of the camera i know exactly what the camera the person needs from me behind the camera or i know exactly what the um it just how it's going the story's going to shape after the fact after we already get it so um it's been the it was the hardest time of my life like during the, those years you're getting paid like 24 thousand dollars a year for working like 12 hour days Mm -hmm. um it's nothing and that was really rough i was holding on to like 90 pounds but it was like i said that was like the time that i i cherish everything i got from that experience because it has made me a very well-rounded journalist host um just producer as well what was when you first started hosting did you receive any criticism that was a little <laughs> tough but ended up helping you out? I'm I laugh because absolutely. I'm sure and I'm curious specifically to the hosting because I feel like you made such a transition because it is so different. Being mm-hmm. a MC and I find this like even I moderate panels sometimes and even moderating a panel although I do this what we're doing three mm-hmm. times a week for my various podcasts, moderating mm-hmm. a panel is different when you're yeah. in front of an audience and then you have to moderate questions from other people and all of that. So it's it's a learning curve and sometimes you mm-hmm. do it on the job. So I specifically ask about the hosting and I love that you laugh because I'm sure there were not because I don't think you're <laughs> moving, but because that's just the way it goes. But was there any piece that really kind of stood out to you? Really like, okay, yeah, that one I really need to work on. Oh yeah. Like the, and I learned in front of a crowd at the Super Bowl in San Francisco, like it was Super Bowl 50. I, no pressure, pressure seriously, no pressure at all. And I'm like on a high because I'm in San Francisco, my team, even though they're not there, but who cares? So I get on stage and it is so funny that when you are a reporter, when you are a news anchor, you have a certain cadence, you have a certain way you read, you have a certain mm-hmm. idea of professionalism. And <laughs> I remember going out on stage and I sounded so ridiculous now looking back because I thought I was being super professional. And we have, so basically the kind of a look into that Super Bowl week of what the live um, hosting entails. It's on an autograph stage. It was okay. at least this year. We're on the autograph stage and every two hours, two players come out for an autograph signing and it's interacting with this massive crowd as the players are behind. And then you're kind of like in, filling out the player and get, like interviewing them a bit and kind of just keeping that engagement going for two hours straight, just nonstop, no like true agenda of what you're supposed to be talking about. Okay. And I went out there like such a reporter. I don't like maybe not even like sports reporter, like Barbara Walters, like just (laughs) trying to be so serious. And then the gentleman that um, basically got me on my journey for live hosting, Rossi, Rossi was like, casual, come here. I'm like, okay. And I like walked off stage just thinking I just crushed it. He's like, what are you doing? (laughs) I was like, I'm hosting. He's like, no, you're not. He's like, you sound so ridiculous. And he, the way our, the way that we speak to each other is very, um, 
uh, blunt. <laughs> so he was just like, yeah, right. I like, like I said, I come from a sports background. I played a ton of sports. I love constructive criticism. If you tell me I did a good job, I'm not happy with that. Like I need some criticism to kind of grow or whatever it may be. And, but he was very much like, that was ridiculous. You sucked. No, absolutely not. I will not let you out on stage again if you do that. And then he's like, stop with the, the act. I'm like, it's not an act. Like I am a reporter. I mean, I, and he's like, no, no, no. Like you feel like you're, you're so like shaped in a certain mold. He's like, be you loosen up, lose the voice. Like it's not about having to be what like, like in this box of professionalism. And I was like, it's a light bulb turned on. I'm like, Oh, like I can still interview, but be mean. I just went through such a phase the fan cave kind of shook that out of me, but like a phase of being in the news industry where you kind of feel like from your blazer and the, like the button up shirt that you have mm-hmm. to be a certain person and for, and to not get negative feedback. Um, so that was a really big light bulb turn on for me. And then another thing was, um, when you are doing live hosting, there's some points where it's not all about hype, but there's some points when you need to get the crowd excited and it's okay. like, let's make some noise. I have a, I know how to speak from the gut. Like I know how to project it on camera and I can give you a voice and blah, blah, blah. But when I'm like out there trying to be myself, I'm like, let's make some noise. Like super high pitch. No one wants to hear that on a mic. No one's going to make noise to the squeaky little bird on stage. And I also learned how I can get guttural and get energy out of my projecting and making you so excited. Let's go. Like I learned where to um, vocally um, use my voice. And um, yeah, it was, it was a, I needed to learn quick because he was not going to let me come back to any Super Bowls or do any live hosting for him and his company if I didn't like get it together. So I'm a quick learner. (laughs) Well, but I also think with hosting and also for reporting and all of it, you kind of have to, and by you, I mean the universal you really have to be yourself in that way. And I know it sounds cliche, but I think a lot of us did grow up watching the news where it was like, hello, I'm Tracy Sandler and good morning. (laughs) And then you're like, oh, and you do, you do the news, but you kind of have to be yourself. And I know for myself, I try to channel that. Like I do a game preview most games on the field in my Instagram story. And I try to channel that and just be me. And it's like, hey, I'm on the field and I'm on the field. And there's like a million people running around and there's music and you just have to be yourself. But in the beginning, it was very like, hey, guys, I'm Tracy Sandler and I'm on the field, you know, and trying. But you want to be yourself because that newsy thing really doesn't work anymore. And part of that is social media because we Mm -hmm. are seeing people just be themselves and do their thing. And and there's a, a positive of that. Otherwise, otherwise, it just doesn't it sounds forced. And that's just not the world we live in anymore. Absolutely. It's not authentic. And like, as we were talking about p- connecting with others, if I'm not showing them truly myself, they're like, well, who is this clown? <laughs> like, what are they doing? Like, why are they talking to me like this? Like, they want to connect with you and that's being yourself, being vulnerable. And, um, and I will use the word I kind of hate using, but like your brand, like what, it, yeah. what am I getting when I get Angela Lauren? And yeah, they, I wasn't showing that at first. Let's talk a little bit about social media, especially because You've been in the industry from a time where there was zero social media. It's interesting (laughs) that you said at one time you guys weren't even allowed to post on social media, which is so interesting because today it's such a big part of like when we talk about a brand, how you promote everything to now social media, like I said, being such a 
huge part of kind of what we do. How have you navigated those transitions and kind of what is your social media philosophy in terms about of what you share and what you don't? That is such a good question because to be completely honest, I'm still evolving there. And I think it had a lot to do with when, let me age myself, when Instagram and Facebook and everything came out, like I was in college and we were posting whatever we did the weekend before in a carousel of 20, 30, 40 pictures and thinking, God, how fun to getting my first job in news. And they were like, absolutely not. Do not post anything online. Don't post post your life. Don't post your opinions. Um, so slowly I kind of just always felt like social media, it was something that could get me in trouble maybe, or something that I could have misstep and lose a job. So going from there to going to a job at MLB where it's all social media, social media, like it was literally the way we got out what we were doing besides not everyone thinking we were part of like the real world cast and having to live together, which we didn't. Um, but I was like, Oh, okay. So now I can tweet. Okay. What can I tweet? And then there was this thing that we'd all say to each other. If you have to second guess yourself about tweeting it, don't tweet it. Like if you're like, Ooh, would this be inappropriate? Just don't tweet it. By the way. Yeah, it's like I, I still do it to the same. Like, well, if I second guess it, then I'm not going to tweet it. Or if oh, second guess it, I'm not going to put it on stories or anything. Uh-huh. Um, so then that was getting me a little bit more like loose, and um, then I would post photos. But then starting when I had my Instagram, started my Instagram, it became a following of people just kind of following my career, people that um, sports or early news or whatever it may be, to where I am now. Anytime I kind of post anything personally, it just feels very uncomfortable. Um, So it's, I feel like my Instagram is very much that this is what Angela's doing work-wise. This is Mm -hmm. Angela's resume. This is where Angela is. And then stories, I can be a little bit more selfish, a little bit more my family, but I am super reserved. It is every year by um, New Year's resolution is to kind of remove that from my brain and just be myself. And I am myself. But I just have a little bit of res- like reserve bringing my family personal life into that. Um, and it's something I'm truly working on. And I think it's something that I, I'm glad we're kind of talking about because as a female in this industry, I am a mom. I never post about my daughter. I never mm-hmm. post about my husband. Like I have found like it's the industry is obviously coming around for women and it's a little bit more accepting and roles and all these things. But I have found roadblocks in my career when some uh, I'm going for a job and they found out I have a husband and they were like, Oh, would she actually move? She's married. Oh, I have a child. Oh, and she needs to be home with her kids. Like I've had those kind of comments come my way and I'm like, okay, absolutely not. So I just kind of removed that side of my life and it's not fair and it isn't the way we should live. And I should be, you know, pioneering for other women to um, do that. But I just, I have this hate love, like a fight with my social media right now, but I'm not saying it's fake. It's just very much work Angela. <laughs> but that, and that's okay though. I think that that's important. I think we all have to find, I mean, obviously it's okay, but we all have to find <laughs> what works for us. And yeah. if you don't want to share that part of your life on social media, that's your private life. I mean, I share, it's interesting because I've gone through this where I'll share if I'm doing something fun, I'll do, I'll share stuff with friends, but there are parts of my life that are not on social media at all. Mm -hmm. And that, and there's, and that's by design 
because I don't. Yeah, but don't but do you have that like battle as well? Do you feel like, oh, and I feel like I'm not being, we all talk about truth and our authentic self. And you're like, oh, I'm not being authentic. Cause that's where I feel like I kind of combat with myself. I do. No, it's not that I feel I don't, I, I don't feel that way. I just feel that I'm sharing the parts that I want to share. And I think I, and I do feel like I am very much my authentic self. Like I think like, you know, I love, I love the Dodgers. I love Michigan football. I love sparkles. I love being out with my friends. I love oh my shoes. gosh. I forgot you're a Dodger fan. Okay. Interview over. It was so yeah. nice to chat. So nice to you. I know. I, I saw a post. I was looking at your social, you know, prepping and I saw the, one of the giants posts. I'm like, well, I'll let it go. Uh, I'll, I'll let it go. I was on a panel yesterday or I was doing a kind of an online panel to talk to the to college interns working in sports. And one of them went to Ohio State. And I was like, well, I won't log <laughs> off just yet. Um, but but I love and I love being out with my friends. There's yeah. and I'm happy to share all that. I just there are other parts of my private life that I really don't want to share. And I don't I don't consider it not being authentic. I just consider it being like, you know what, this is my social media mm-hmm. and it's my life. And there are things I don't want everybody to know about. And I think yeah. that that's okay. And I think we all navigate that. And one day you may change your mind and one day you may not. And that doesn't, you know, and that, and that doesn't matter. I have a question in terms of what you said, uh, in terms of people saying, well, maybe would she move or, you know, there are things mm-hmm. that we as women have to deal with that no one else has. And, and has that been difficult? Have you come across that a lot where you feel like you haven't gotten opportunities because people are afraid you don't want to spend more time away from your daughter or that you're not willing to move because you have a family? Yes and no. So yes, when it actually did happen, like it was related to me. I'm like, oh, I'm pretty sure I crushed that interview. I'm pretty sure that should be my job. And it was like related to me like, well, through the right by not the people that were interviewing, like, well, they know you're like married and they they made a comment that you wouldn't want to move, probably wouldn't want to do that. Makes maybe go somewhere a little easier. And I was like, and that pained me. Um, they could have asked you. Absolutely, right? <laughs> absolutely. And, and not saying the whole industry is this way. I, it was just that moment. I'm like, oh, we're still not fully supporting women in earlier stages. And then we see all of these amazing broadcasters pregnant on air covering NBA and like just they're being able to share that. And I think we can. I just think that that has really scarred me that moment mm-hmm. that I'm, I'm just not going to. And thank you so much for the therapy. I now feel better about not sharing that. Side of my life. Absolutely. You're going to help Oregon. You're going to help Oregon. <laughs> yeah. So I, I, my, I think that was a very specific moment that really shaped my, um, but just what I share. That's understandable. I would love if you could take us through a day in the life of Angela Lauren. And I, I know you have a daughter. So if you want to include that part of your life, <laughs> if you don't, you don't have to. But I would love for you to take us through a day in life. I'm sure every day is different. Um, but yeah. if there's one you want to pick where you're like, this would be an interesting one to share or whatever you want, that would be amazing. Yeah. Um, if, well, I cannot not include her because she's very much the reason why I wake up so early and I'm running around crazy. How, how old is your daughter? Um, if you don't mind she's four. Yeah. Okay. She's four. Um, so she's definitely in school and we, the whole like drop off, wake up thing, but I can give you yesterday. So mm-hmm. it's a Monday. Everyone's a little tired. <laughs> wake up nice and early, um, get her to school. And I have, um, I had a show 
um, with Amazon. So Amazon Studios, I'm in New York. So Amazon Studios are over by the Empire State Building. So I drop her off to school, come home, get camera ready, and then jump on the subway, go up to 34th Street, go into the Amazon Studios, um, do our pre-production call, and then do a live hour show. And then it's wrap, get up back on the subway, come back, do a couple of emails, um, and then go pick up the kid and then kind of just wrap up the day. So yesterday was a, uh, a double duty um, okay. on for the a company that I work with, Event Host Live. They're basically my managers that send me all my live gigs. Um, I also am doing a little bit behind the scenes for them. So I've been able to do more like client relations stuff for them. So I also then am doing some clinical kind of like... Um, work like doing emails and make taking calls and stuff like that but it's normally a drop off a show emails a couple of zooms and then dinner and bed by nine because i am at that age <laughs> and you're up early I mean, you're i'm up early, early. Uh, yeah i'm up early um but aren't we all these days i feel like when i say i'm up at six it's not that impressive <laughs> it's funny though because we're for those of you listening, we're actually recording this on Halloween, Angela's favorite day. So that I love that you said that. <laughs> and we're recording, er, I mean, for me early, a little bit so early, early. Doing, um, 7am Pacific, 10am Eastern, which is obviously fine. But it, it's funny when I look back because I'm not a morning person, but I've certainly become one because, you know, I cover a football team and I'm on the road all the time. And mm-hmm. I also run a company. So there's a lot of things that have to get done in a day. But it's so funny because I always think that like my dad, he'll laugh because he's like, you know, what time's your flight tomorrow? I'm like, oh, it's 7am. He's like, oh God, if you're like, even your 24 year old self could see you now, your 16 year old self could see you now. He always laughs because I was, I've always been like, so not a morning person, but have certainly become. So when I said to you, can you do 10 a.m. Eastern? I kind of laugh to myself too. And then like my 24 year old self would be like, are you out of your mind? <laughs> well, 10 a.m. Eastern. I, well, when I, I was like, oh my gosh, that's 7 a.m. Like that's extremely impressive. I Let's be very clear. If anyone takes anything from this, this interview, um, it's that I am not a morning person either. <laughs> and <laughs> to be able to like start life work as early as I do. I feel you, Tracy. You just kind of have to like love what you do and get up and do it because it does not get easier. I am not a morning person. I've never been a morning person. I've never been more convincing to myself when I'm like half waking up and I'm like, oh, I don't, I don't need to do this. No, 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 no. Mm. I don't need, like in college, I don't need to go to that final. It's fine. I did great all year. Like I could convince myself literally anything in the moments of like waking up in the morning because I hate waking up so much. (laughs) I'm not a morning person. Which, fair. I, (laughs) very much. Um, All right, before I let you go, because, which I really don't want to do because I have, I'm having such a good time talking to you. (laughs) But uh, before I do let you go, we got to do five fun facts. And you probably know this as a 49ers fan, that this is something I do with the 49ers players and we do video and they share five things about themselves that you wouldn't necessarily otherwise know. But on this podcast, we ask everybody the same five questions every week. And it's awesome because we get such different answers. So if you are ready, five fun facts with Angela Lauren. All right, Angela, what is your favorite moment in sports? My favorite moment in sports, it's 
It has to be 2014 Game 7 of the World Series that we're talking San Francisco Giants, the Royals. I was extremely lucky to be working with MLB that year. I went to every single World Series game. Amazing. it, it was amazing. I have like actually the hard tickets. I didn't realize that when you go, let me just sidetrack your questions. Um, I didn't realize when you go to like World Series games or buy, buying um, tickets, you get like obviously the printout or you have it on your phone. Like I actually have the tickets for each game. It's so cool. But I was at, I was in Kansas City at, um, at the game. And if you remember, or if you even watched the game, this was so epic. It was game seven. It, the, the San Francisco Giants were up 3-2. It was this huge deal that Madison Bumgarner came out of the bullpen as a relief mm-hmm. pitcher. He pitched two days earlier. He was like, I am finishing this game. He goes, it was like bottom of the fifth and he came out and pitched like 60 pitches. Bruce Bochy left him out there. It was so epic. And the, I think it was two outs. I'm like really walking everyone through it. Two outs. <laughs> better up. Better up. And I don't know what, exactly who it was. I can't remember. But they hit a ball out to left field. And I think it was, um, oh gosh, um, uh, well, well, who cares? I'm like, it, they hit it to left. Two players miss it. And the batter for Kansas City, they get to third. And we're like, oh my gosh, like this is, there's two outs, bottom of the ninth. The Giants are supposed to like finish this up, win it. So we have a runner at third and then Perez is at the plate for the Royals. And Bumgarner, I think it's two, I think it's a two, two count. And Perez pops it up and he hits it, pops it up out right by third. And Pablo Sandoval catches it, lays out. We win the World Series. It was so epic. It was like down to the, like, all of the things you want from a sporting event. Like it was so at the edge of your seat. I wasn't at the edge of my seat. I was like standing, having my friends like hold me up because I was going to pass out. It was so much fun. It was epic. It's weird to win a world series in somebody else's stadium, like at their ballpark because it's all those fans. So they kind of hate you, but you want to cheer. It was epic. And I like, and then after that, I was able to be in the San Francisco world series parade in San Francisco confetti. Oh, I was on a float. It, epic it was the best way to um just celebrate and experience that so that's a pretty epic moment i don't think anything else will touch that for me <laughs> yeah that is that is absolutely amazing what is and a very life- long and a very long answer to your oh, quick rapid great. fire questions <laughs> uh, what is your life motto my life motto is pause in the pursuit of happiness and just be happy i think I in this that. industry it's very until I get this, I'll be happy. Until I get here, I'll be happy. Until I get this payment and, and this like wage, right? Okay, so like, it's so easy to climb. And of course, you we have goals, we have things we want to accomplish. But sometimes you just really forget. Like, hey, I'm in this fan cave that's stressing me out because I need to go outside. But this is an epic part of my path, my career, my journey. So just pause and just pause in the pursuit of happiness and just be happy. Go to workout boxing it's very like aggressive angela scorpio like i love boxing i love being able to do quick combos i love what it does for my body i love getting aggression out i love boxing go to coffee order a really delicious almond milk latte at my age i can only have i'm not old 
I don't can't believe I just said at my age. <laughs> Where I'm at in life, I can only have one coffee because then the rest is just like jittery. So it has to be just like a really good latte with almond milk. And last but not least, a book every woman should read. A book every woman should read. You know what? Just reading a book. I can mm-hmm. tell in the time in my life when I am just doing everything else and not just sitting down and reading, my grammar sucks. Uh, my The way I write isn't as quick and eloquent and all of the things. So just reading something, sitting down, something that like is an easy read or something like is a guilty pleasure. Just reading does so much for your craft. Angela, thank you so much for joining me today. This was yeah. so much fun. Please let everyone know where they can find you. Awesome. Yeah. You can find me Angela Lauren number one on Instagram, same on Twitter or X, whatever we're saying there. <laughs> <Fair>. <laughs> and then TikTok because I'm hip, but I need to post more. It's Angela.Lauren one. Awesome. Fantastic. <laughs> guys, if I, if you like what you heard and I know you did, please give us a five-star rating and leave us a super positive review. We are brought to you by bet online. You can find us on Instagram at fangirl sports network on Twitter at fangirl sports. And with that, I'll talk to everybody next time. Bye all. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.